Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2001. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in beautiful Brea, California, with a very special guest by the name of David Mishery. David, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Absolutely. How are you today? I'm doing great, thank you. And as I'm saying that, I'm thinking, wait a minute, we're talking about EVs today. There is no clutch to release. There's just a foot to put down and take off and go really fast. And I'm very excited to learn more about this new vehicle that you're producing here in the United States. But before I give you a proper introduction, I'd love for you to share one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, David. Well, um, I'm definitely... uh a big car advocate, loved them my whole life, but got a little bit of an entertainment background and uh, kind of led me to this point. So something that uh, might, people might find interesting. And when you say entertainment background, what do you mean by that? I spent uh, 27 years in the entertainment industry, uh, film, music, TV, and uh, played there for a little bit and decided that uh, I would completely follow my passion, which are vehicles. Uh, I was always an avid car collector and just uh, an admirer of all vehicles. I always said at some point in my life I would uh, build a car. Yeah. I just didn't know that it would be this car, but I'm really, really happy with, with where we're at today. Well, that's a big pivot from that industry to this industry. That's a major pivot. So I'm very excited to learn more about what's happening here. Let me give you a proper introduction, and we're going to dive deeply into this vehicle. David Mishri is the CEO and chairman of Mullen Technologies and Mullen Automotive. Mullen is a Southern California-based automobile manufacturing company that owns and partners with several synergistic businesses working towards the unified goal of creating clean and scalable energy solutions, including electric vehicles. They are a publicly traded company under NASDAQ, under MULN. Congratulations on that, by the way. That's a new thing for you guys. Their upcoming five crossover is a pure electric SUV crossover designed with the future in mind. It's a vehicle that is shaping the road ahead in electric vehicle design and performance. David's professional career spans decades of successful roles in many businesses, like he said, in addition to that engineering and emerging technologies. And he founded Mullen in 2014, where they are working towards a sustainable future by creating a suite of clean energy electric vehicles at varied price points. We'll be back in just a moment to learn more about Mullen and David and a whole lot more. But first, a word from our valued sponsors. So give them a little love. And we'll be right back. Keep the seatbelts on. Covercraft has the most complete line of custom seat covers available. Choose between the polycotton seat savers, Endura Precision Fit custom seat covers, Leatherette Precision Fit custom seat covers, and their durable Carhartt seat covers. They're all easy to install and remove. And guess what? They're machine washable too. Easy cleanup to make them look brand new. No more worries about the kids spilling on your seats or your pets damaging your expensive upholstery or leather. Covercraft's quality seat covers protect from damaging pet claws, pet fur, hair, mud, moisture, food, drink spills, drool from permanently damaging your vehicle's fine surfaces. Headrest and armrest covers and color options are also available on many of the styles. And I've got a great 
offer for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off plus free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping with the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Visit Covercraft.com today. Last year, I changed my collector car coverage to American Collectors Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my orange crush. But did you know they also insure your valuable collections of automobilia and other collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. They insure a lot of items, including automobilia, wine, baseball cards, books, figurines, die-cast models, model trains, glassware, sports memorabilia, toys, and a whole lot more. American Collectors Insurance, they've been protecting us enthusiasts since 1976. They provide you with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a long history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Rains here at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Auto Geek's Blackfire SiO2 Spray Sealant. It's a spray-on, wipe-off sealant that's quick, safe, and easy to clean and protect your vehicles. I love using it on all my cars. Auto Geek's Blackfire SiO2 Spray Sealant is a spray-on, wipe-away sealant that uses SiO2 ingredients to provide a slick, brilliant, and long-lasting shine. Silicon dioxide is known to be one of the most effective ingredients in car care products, and Blackfire Spray Sealant takes advantage of every stunning feature it has to offer. This sealant will protect your paint from road film, dirt, and other common contaminants while providing an impeccable, long-lasting, hydrophobic surface that forces water to sheet and bead on your paint for months. Go to autogeek.net to get yours and for the best product selections on the internet today, along with their skilled technical support. Autogeek.net is where I go for all my detailing needs. That's autogeek.net. Check them out today. So, David, we're back. So I really want to dive a little deeper into the background and the genesis of the Mullen automobile because you made this big transition and you thought, hey, I think I'm going to make cars and get into the car industry. Holy cow, my friend. I mean, that's putting a big hat on. And you are doing things in a very big way. So let's first talk about what what inspired you to do this, but not just build a car since you're into cars, like create a line of cars, build a factory, and more importantly, make them here in the United States. Well, it's always been really important to me. Born and raised here in America, you know, proud American. I always wanted to give back. And one of the ways that you do that, you put Americans back to work, you put people that, uh, that need to work to work. The love of vehicles. For me, I look at vehicles like art. They're artistic to me. And different vehicles have different artistic characteristics. What drew me to electric vehicles was the fact that I thought it was important with our environment, 
being responsible American, trying to find solutions on how we could continue to have sexy, beautiful vehicles, but avoid the emissions that come with beautiful, sexy vehicles and look at a greener, brighter future. And with that in mind, I undertook an, uh, an initiative to find a clean solution to creating beautiful, sexy vehicles. And uh, that came about in 2012 when I came across a um, vehicle manufacturer, a small company called Mullen Motor Company, ran by an individual named Arthur Allen, a retired military officer that served this country well, uh, served in Vietnam. And when he retired, him and his son created a company. And one of the first guys back in uh, in the late 90s and um, early 2000s that uh, pioneered uh, hybrid vehicle technology, uh, they introduced a, a Mullen uh, vehicle that was both uh, gas and electric and were pioneering going into all electric, looking at the environment and looking at what would need to be done to, to truly offer a, a solution that would bring a consumer a, an exciting product, but without all of the carbon footprints and the things that, 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 that come with um, gas vehicles. I purchased that company from him and then looked at uh, the offering and felt that it would be kind of tough to compete with a Ferrari or a Lamborghini, who at the time were really the exotic car builders. And here was a beautiful exotic vehicle that actually Microsoft used in a commercial. And the car garnered a lot of um, uh, publicity. It was featured on, on MTV Cribs, and um, the vehicle um, picked up a, you know some good attention. I just felt from a financial perspective, being the businessman that I am, that it didn't make sense to try to build a car completely out of carbon fiber as this car was at that time and have it compete at a price point similar to a Ferrari or a Lamborghini on a brand that for, the, for all intents and purposes is a, uh, a new offering. And um, I didn't think as a consumer, and I put myself in the consumer's position, that I would be willing to pay $100,000 plus for a new brand when I can get a Lamborghini or Ferrari for the same price at that time. Sure. So it was a nice car. It was a nice entry point into uh, the vehicle market, and it gave me some experience in, in manufacturing and sales and marketing as it related to, uh, to vehicles. I re quickly realized that I needed something more commercial, something that had broader appeal, and I went and started to look for something that I could acquire that would accelerate my path to a potentially all-electric vehicle. And I found a, a company that had spent three-quarters of a billion dollars um, uh, to build an electric vehicle. It was the Coda sedan, five-passenger, four-door sedan, all-electric. Uh, came out at the same time Elon delivered the Tesla Model S. And in 2012, you had the, the Coda sedan and the Tesla Model S in the marketplace. And obviously, we know what happened. Uh, Elon is one of the smartest, most brilliant individuals that this world has ever seen. Yes. And, um, you know, um, I, I felt that uh, he took his dream and he made it a reality. And he built the world's first real marketable uh, electric vehicle that was sexy, that uh, that met all of the, checked all the boxes that I would want for, for an uh, vehicle, electric vehicle offering. And they went on to become a, you know, today a trillion dollar market cap company. Um, Code, on the other hand, went into bankruptcy. The vehicle was got ugly. Nobody wanted to buy it. 
and uh, it, they subsequently went into bankruptcy. But I looked at the technology aspect of what was available, not what was on the outside, but what was on the inside. And I felt that, uh, one, the vehicle um, had some potential. We bought the assets uh, from the uh, liquidating trust, and it started with the vehicle assets. And then subsequently, over the course of four or five years, we eventually acquired all of the assets, including energy assets. And we looked at the technology, the underlying technology, and, and that became a platform to get to the next level. We, though, reintroduced that vehicle uh, back in um, uh, November of 2014 and introduced it at the LA Auto Show and sold about, I don't know, collectively between Coda and Mullen, put about a thousand cars on the road. What we garnered from that that um, offering was the ability to to learn about servicing, dealing with recalls, sales, uh, infrastructure, distribution, all of the key things that later on you realize that are necessities when you're trying to build a electric vehicle company. You you know it's anybody can make a beautiful car, not anybody could sell a beautiful car, distribute a beautiful car, set up a supply chain, set up the infrastructure needed. In order to support that car, and God forbid you have a recall, be able to substantially handle that within the requirements that the Department of Transportation requires. And with CODA, it gave us an opportunity to do that. We had an airbag recall, and we were able to effectively execute on that. And, and, and today, um, we still provide parts, service, and warranty uh, uh, for those vehicles that are currently on the road. I took the car out of circulation in December of 2018 in favor of our new offering, which was the uh, the Keontu K50, we call the Dragonfly, which is a sexy sports car, all carbon fiber, and it just had all the right things, you know, the looks, it had the right materials, uh, the suppliers are from on a global level, and uh, we thought that this would be a good offering to transition from that vehicle to something sexy and new and, and potentially a game changer. We debuted that car in April of 2019 at the LA Auto Show. We brought the house down. We garnered over 150 million media impressions. We subsequently sponsored the Indianapolis 500. We were one of the main sponsors there. Uh, we ran commercials on NBC during the, um, um, uh, the race. Um, this was a major event. Following that event, we sponsored both uh, Detroit Grand Prix, and then we ended the year in 19 at Pebble Beach, and really, we felt like we accomplished something real special. And then COVID hit, and that kind of relegated everybody down to reality, and, and you know, uh, well, how are you going to operate post-COVID? And we started to look at um, us as a company and, and, and how things have changed and how you adapt to the market in, in a different world. And, and that led us to redefine what we wanted to do as far as our um, core belief of what an electric vehicle should be. And that core belief came down to the fundamentals that, one, we wanted to bring jobs to America. We wanted to build vehicles here. My, my whole passion uh, for this really is to put Americans back to work. And, I, and, and it starts right here, meaning building cars in America by Americans for Americans. So that led to an opportunity to purchase a facility in Tunica, Mississippi, which we accomplished that goal. We paid for it cash. We closed in November of 2021. And we own what we believe to be a, one of a very few assets that are uh, available on a global level that, that could provide assembly 
state-of-the-art equipment that's within a five-year-old age range. And uh, we can expand on that's on 100 acres that offers us the opportunity to, to, to build uh, 1.2 million additional square feet. And we're going to build one of the most state-of-the-art paint shops, body shops, expanded general assembly that the world has ever seen. We're partnering up with big name guys like ABB that, that are experts in, in these areas and some of the other uh, partners that you've mentioned to bring one of the st most state-of-the-art facilities and vehicle manufacturing, but not just a state-of-the-art facility, a real true green facility. Because remember, it's not just the vehicle being green, it's in the entire supply chain that supports that car. If you could really truly create a green infrastructure and from top to bottom, then you've accomplished something. You're really going to make an impact as it relates to the carbon imprint and, and, and how you could affect change. So for us, it, 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 it's this vehicle, the Mullen 5, which, which is an example of what a American ingenuity can do when it applies itself and forget about all of the people that have talked about products coming from all over the world. When Americans put their minds to it, nobody can beat us. We can produce the best products on the planet. And we did. When, when we debuted this mall in five on November 17th, is that the correct date, Jason? November 17th at the LA Auto Show, we believe that, that we showed people change. We brought a sexy, big SUV crossover but it's wide this thing is beautiful this is a this is a nice sexy vehicle with 23 inch rims carbon ceramic rotors um, as Jason calls it persona technology um, this car does things that that nobody can imagine possible but we did we imagined what was possible and we put it into this vehicle and it brought the house down it, it, it was named um, one of the best vehicles at the show it won an award um, subsequent to that, uh, cars named Mullen second most likely electric vehicle company in the landscape of electric vehicle companies to succeed right behind Rivian being number one. We had no idea in, in a landscape of 20 different vehicle manufacturers, we were number two. You know, it was completely unsolicited. So it starts with the consumer response to the vehicle. And for us, I, I think we might have had probably over, there was at least over 800 media people that were at our debut. And the, the, the excitement of the vehicle, I mean, it, to see it firsthand, to see people walk up to them, listen to the comments, and people are like, wow, carbon ceramic rotors, 23-inch magnesium wheels, carbon fiber composites. I mean, this car must be a half a million dollars. And then when they find out, that our top, top, top line vehicle, which we call the Mullen 5 RS, which will be a super high performance vehicle, all carbon fiber with carbon bucket seats and carbon ceramic rotors and, a, and speed and top, you know, zero to 60 in 1.9 seconds and top speed well over 200 miles per hour. And, and they're going to get a car like this for under a quarter of a million dollars when everything else anywhere remotely close to this is in north of the half a million dollar range. And here we are with the RS version at a reasonable price point that'll blow the doors off of most vehicles out there, even the hypercars that are out there. And here we are with, with an offering made here in America by Americans. This car was designed here. This car is going to be built here and it's going to be first 
sold here to Americans. That's our plan. So we're, we're excited about it. Yeah, I think so. Um, here's my wallet. Where do I sign up? <laughs> we'll be happy to take your order. You can go to the website and place your reservation and get in line for one of the most exciting vehicles to, to have come in a long time. To me, this is my opinion, and I'm not saying it because I'm behind it. And believe me, years and years of experience in owning vehicles and, and, and working with our teams over the last decade to refine our processes all led to this vehicle. And this this vehicle really is a true testament of a collective group of some of the best designers on the planet from Germany, guys that designed the Rolls-Royce Ghost. I mean, a team of engineers in Germany who have worked hand and foot with us to come up with the solutions on how we can effectively, safely put in a system into this vehicle that will take this car way beyond what people today expect is, is a hypercar and do it safely and do it economically and give us a competitive advantage over anybody in the in any space. Gas are electric. I mean, the idea here is this is not about just an electric vehicle. This is about a movement, right? Really trying to turn in a green product, more so than just a green product, an American green product. And then we're going to take this and take it around the world and, and show people what American ingenuity is about. Enough jobs have left this country. Some need to come back in now. And it's going to start with us. Whatever little piece of it we can be, we're going to be that piece. Wow. Well, the enthusiasm is definitely there. That's for sure. And I've, I've seen the photo. I watched the video of you guys when you debuted the car. And congratulations for winning the show's Zevo Awards. That's really fantastic. And this marketplace is pretty crowded. I've had a lot of people on the show that are manufacturing electric vehicles. But there's something about what you're doing that's, in my mind, set it apart. I know you have Andreas Thurner, who's the designer of the vehicle, who's designed the Rolls-Royce Ghost, I believe. You've got, uh, generally, is it uh, Marion? the VP of engineering of the vehicle? Do I have the name yeah. right? Yeah. Marion. Marion's just a smart guy. Spent a lot of years, uh, um, you know, in Germany with BMW. Um, you know, and it, it you know, it's, and it's not just, it's a group, it's a team effort. It's not just me. It's not just the engineers. It's Jason and, and, and his team. It's everyone with all their experiences. An example, our VP of, of marketing, you know, spent time with McLaren, with Aston Martin. You know, you take the collective experience of all of these individuals, you put them together and collectively we work as a team to come up with, with, with what we believe to be something really special, something generational a game changer. To me, this vehicle signifies the change, the similar change that took place in 2010 when Tesla filed their, their, their S1 in, on January of 2010 and subsequent in 2012 with the delivery of the Model S. I think that that change that happened at that period of time was a significant change in the space. Yes, there's a lot of EV companies out there and everybody has their idea of what's what the next car should be. Well, I believe let the consumer who ultimately has to open up their wallet, take that hard-earned dollar and lay it on the table for what you believe to be your offering. And I believe they're going to do that in the masses with this vehicle. It's I tell people all the time, I get people that call us and they say, hey, you know, we don't understand this. You guys got a wonderful vehicle. You guys have history, experience, a great team. You own your factory free and clear, but yet you got the smallest market cap 
you know, out of all of the guys in the space. And some of the guys don't even have vehicles or don't even have a plan to get to a vehicle. And we don't understand this. And I say, look, I don't really, it doesn't bother me. I tell people it's not where you start, it's where you finish. Mm -hmm. You know, there's been a lot, you know, you look back in history and you look at all of the great successes. And and, and I'll use Apple as one because I, um, I had a very good conversation with Donnie Valentine before he passed away. The guy that, uh, um, uh, was responsible for Sequoia Capital uh, and uh, and had some conversations with a couple other people, Sonia and some of the other people up there. Made about five six years ago, maybe uh, could be longer. And we you know we were looking for capital before we had gone public, and we were talking to them, and they told me that you know listen, they said look. Nobody thought Apple was ever going to be, you know, the 10,000-pound gorilla in the room. To matter of fact, Mr. Jobs and, and, um, and his, his uh, buddy Wozniak gave up multiple times after coming back from New York and people telling them, there's no way that you, this small little um, uh, new company, will ever have an opportunity to, you know, compete with the 10,000-pound gorilla in the room at the time, which was IBM, which dominated the computer space from beginning to end. And how dare you think that you could change the sentiment and deliver this little wooden box called the Apple One? <laughs> and an apple, why don't you call it a pear, a grapefruit? I mean, they got mock-teased. And here's Sequoia. They, you know, they, they made... They built a company off of Apple. They were able to come in there and help these guys, give them a little bit of money. And, you know, so the money didn't go <laughs> on, on Apple. The money went into other areas. You know, the bankers look at traditional research and common sense would say, hey, IBM is the 10,000-pound gorilla. This is the direction you move in. And once in a while, you get a guy that, that has persistence and determination and is determined to not quit. And I told people the difference between uh, Steve Jobs, who succeeded, and a person that maybe didn't succeed is that Steve Jobs just never quit. He wouldn't take no for an answer and found a way. Didn't matter how he found it, he found a way to get it done. And I tell people all the time, look, hey, I don't ever lose. I just believe I run out of time, right? So if I'm playing a game and we're playing a basketball game and, you know, uh, and time runs out, Hey, I tell people, look, I didn't lose. I just ran out of time. If I would have had a little more time, I would have beat you. And that, that's that been my attitude. And so when I look at the market and, and I look at what, you know, the comments and, and what people say, and look, I know what we have. I know what we've done. And I know what we're going to do. And I tell people, hey, this is the first inning of a nine-inning game. You know how many times I've seen people score three or four runs in the first inning against another team? They jump up and down. Hooray, hooray, we won. Then in the next inning, they have sad faces because the other team just put 20 on them and they don't know what hit them. <laughs> so until they call it a race and it's done, then we can see who is going to be standing, right? So I believe that the consumers will make their choices as, as these products become available. And, and the guys that have the knowledge to put product into the marketplace effectively gain consumer confidence be able to support their product, be able to offer warranty, offer service, be able to um, uh, put a package together to support any potential issues that may arise, which will arise with any type of recall on a new vehicle that you will have. And if you're not in a position or have had experience to deal with stuff like that, you're going to find yourself in a very awkward situation. We, we have experience. We've been around for a while. 
And uh, I think that, you know, sometimes the wild card wins the Super Bowl. Yeah. Actually, a lot of times the wild card team wins the Super Bowl. So we think our chances are good. We think we got a pretty good product that's generational. And, uh, and it's not just one product. We're offering a mo- an array of products so that we have, you know, something other than just a, what I believe to be a generational SUV. We also have a pretty sexy sports car that we're going to redesign, get some better specs. It'll be more in line with what we're doing with the RS uh, on the Mullen 5. And then, you know, we have an offering where we believe we can support some of this, some of the issues that, that have arisen today in America with people not being able to get vehicles and major organizations like Amazon and, and guys that are dying for utility vehicles. And we have a class one and class two vehicle and we have no issues with chips and no issues with getting vehicles to consumers. And we're going to prove that in the second quarter of this year by delivering class one vehicles to some major companies out there. And so we think we cover the full spectrum of, of, of being a real true vehicle company that is technology based. And we're going to use that technology to help us get out there and, and, and deliver vehicles in America, where right now it's kind of hard for anybody to deliver vehicles, but we will. And we'll start doing it this second quarter. David, you need to be a little more enthusiastic, I think. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Holy cow. You know, one of the things I like to ask my guests is about a challenge and what you've done. Oh, my gosh. For 10 years now, I'm sure there's been a massive number of challenges, but we're limited on time here. So if you could talk about maybe one thing in specific that was really a big challenge for you, kind of set you back, maybe even hitting some walls, some failures along the way. But more importantly, it taught you a super valuable lesson that you carried forward. What would that be? That comes to mind in a split second. I tell people all the time, everybody talks about how easy it is to do this or that. I tell them, try to do this or that with no money. Mm. The real trick, the real trick is being able to build a billion dollar business with less than a billion dollars. Meaning we've spent collectively a hundred million dollars and built a billion dollar business. In my opinion, right? What I believe our business to be worth, not what the market cap says the business is right now. But the trick is being able to persevere. You know, I'll use, you know, when you have an endless supply of capital, you can spend hundreds of millions of dollars, even billions of dollars. And, and, it, and, and you do it with complete, you know, an utter uh, disregard for the value of the dollar bill. We, on the other hand, are not that fortunate and have never been. So for us, you know, we do it the old-fashioned way. We earn it. So I, we take every dollar here and we stretch it as far as we can. We don't need a 1,000 people to do the job that 150 people can do. The hardest accomplishment here is taking, taking something that nobody else can take and turning it into something that most people wish they can do. So I would say running a business with limited resources and making it happen. So for us, listing on NASDAQ on November 5th was a major accomplishment. And that's just the first accomplishment. The next accomplishment is turning this into a generational company. I tell friends and family all the time, my goal is to turn this into a $60 billion market cap company and to get out there and actually deliver and produce and, and show people that this was a smart 
investment, anyone that's ever decided that they wanted to get involved with our company, I want them to make this to be the best investment. I want this to be, I want, I want people to remember this, this company the same way they remembered Microsoft. Ironically, Bill Gates probably had the same challenges. Again, any generational company that's ever succeeded really never had it easy. I mean, I've heard the stories about Bill Gates and his mother having to, you know, to help out uh, with some of the people that uh, she knew that, you know, uh, going to meetings and, you know, be, you know, a lot of it too. There's a lot of luck involved being able to, you know, IBM not realizing what they had with, you know, with Windows and Steve Jobs being able to make a deal on it. And, you know, Steve, then on the flip side, Apple. Yeah. No one thought that Apple was going to be Apple. You know, if they did, they're probably very wealthy today if they did because they invested in it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, they, you know, yeah. again, um, I was very fortunate to be able to, you know, to speak to the guys at Sequoia, the guy that actually made the deal with Steve Jobs. And they tried to make a deal with us. I just, you know, wasn't going to give away all of the company for little to no money. And I mean, no matter how desperate I was at the time, I just wasn't going to take a bad deal. You know, same thing. You know, we, we had discussions with Barbara Bennett over at Vulcan when, you know, Paul Allen, you know, uh, had his, his business going. And right. again, you know, look, not all deals are good deals. And I think a part about, you know, really being able to pick the right type of deals at the right time, being able to use your resources efficiently, being able to make good deals so that you can execute to the best of your ability on your plan and, our plan is that Mullen 5 SUV. We think that we were very frugal, we were fiscally responsible, and we delivered not one but two great offerings, that Mullen 5 uh, in two different configurations. And then ultimately, we'll have the super high-performance vehicle, which is under construction right now, available, and that's the vehicle that'll just... Oh my goodness. It's, it'll, be, it'll be the Mullen 5 on steroids, we call it. It'll be the Mullen 5 GTRS. Nice. I love it. I know what you mean. I'm a Porsche guy. Hey, I'm going to crawl into your head, into David's head, and learn a little bit more about the guy that I'm hearing from today because you are a fascinating person. I'll bet nobody's asked you this question. If you were manifest as a vehicle, David, and this isn't what you want to be. I mean, we all want to be a Lamborghini, a Ferrari. You've had those cars. You love those cars. I'm the same way. This is the man in the mirror, how you perceive yourself as a vehicle. What would you be? But the most important part of the question is why? I would be the Mullen 5 GTRS. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, and you've talked about that vehicle a bit as being the third configuration of a fantastic vehicle, but the GT3 RS or the GT2, if you're talking Porsche, is even better. Uh, Tell me a little bit why you see yourself as that vehicle. I, I think I know why, but why do you think you are? Well, for me, right, it is a sexy, yet very aggressive, yet very powerful vehicle that, that anybody could get into. Someone who's an avid race car driver could get in this vehicle and, and love the performance aspect of it. Um, um, a mother can put her children in it and know that the car is safe and can go to the market and have the room to put, you know, her groceries in it and return home with confidence that she's in a safe vehicle. The same confidence you would have in getting into a Volvo. Volvo's had a great reputation for being a very safe product. But more than anything else, looks to me, right, and I hate to say this, but 
sex sells and the vehicle is a very sexy vehicle and yeah it is at first glance it takes your breath away and then when you start to get to the details and you start to look to me the rims and the rotors and the calipers i tell my engineers this all the time those are the shoes of the vehicle so for me the shoes are 23 inch magnesium wheels on carbon 15 inch carbon ceramic rotors and why carbon ceramic rotors one there's a reason for it. not just because they look good they actually offer a tremendous amount of weight savings meaning the difference between you could lose 200 pounds of weight with the four rotors compared to steel rotors then they offer exceptional stopping power and they last forever if maintained correctly so one with electric vehicles you by losing weight you gain speed right yeah. so if we're trying to build an efficient car we want it to be as light as possible but as safe as possible the drawback the drawback with carbon ceramic composite materials is they're very expensive i chose to have the quality product and and really look for a solution on how to cut the cost maybe in volume but to bring the consumer a quality product at a reasonable price point just like the rims other i think the only two vehicles right now if i'm not mistaken and jason can interrupt me at any time that have 23 inch rims on their vehicles that come standard are our vehicle and the lamborghini urus other than that nobody does that you yeah. know and by the way yeah same goes for the carbon ceramics on an suv yeah <laughs> unless you know you're the porsche cayenne turbo s and you want to pay a quarter of a million bucks for it but it's a gas vehicle and it you know it has you know 21 inch wheels and it has carbon ceramic rotors but again i think this is a much more aggressive stance a much sexier vehicle and a very practical vehicle again a mother with her children would be very comfortable in this vehicle and then a father who just wants to on the weekends hit the canyons and, and just tear the road up this vehicle will do that for him Sounds and like if you it. just want to hey if you just ever feel like you want to go zero to 60 in less than two seconds then go ahead and go for it but we're going to be sustainable right again a lot of it it's not just one time right you got to be able to build it to where it can do this consistently and not destroy your battery pack. We're also working at, you know, we're a technology company. We're always working and we're striving to develop advanced technologies. And we've been working on it for a while. We're, we've been developing solid state polymer technology. We hold U.S. patents on, on a solid state polymer solution that at some point we can commercialize and, and, and offer great value to our customers, but also offer, offer safety, you know, a battery that, that, uh, a cell that you could drop in the water and nothing happens. You could shoot a bullet through it. It won't explode. You could take a torch and burn a hole through it. It won't ignite. You, then you, when you have to dispose of it at some point, you're dealing with non-dangerous, you know, materials, metals, you know, so it, we, we actually tested uh, back in, was it 20, Jason? In 2020, our 300 amp hour solid state polymer cell, it came in rated from the lab at 343 amp hours at 4.3 volts. It exceeded expectations. So we feel not only are we on the path to you know, changing the landscape as it relates to an SUV, we're also going to change the battery landscape when we commercialize solid-state polymer battery solutions, which we're on track to do in the very near future, in the next 18 to 24 months. Cool. Hey, is there a book? I have a feeling you read a lot of books. Is there a great book you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, I read a lot of books, but I'm more uh, into the sciences. Uh -huh. 
So for me, it would just be books that, for example, books on quantum mechanics and, you know, books on, um, you know, written by uh, Albert Einstein, Tesla, just scientific type studies more so than uh, just a traditional book that um, a fictional book. Uh, I'll, I'll look into my spare time spent in the sciences. I spent a year at Caltech in an advanced engineering program at a very young age and was um, very fond of the sciences. So uh, books, all books related to science, uh, study, study of the universe, space, matter, very intrigued with dark matter, uh, energy sources, you know, looking at the remnants from the creation of the universe, from the Big Bang to the big contrast, which will eventually happen. I'm just a science, I'm a science nut. Sounds like it. Hey, before I let you go today, I'm going to allow you to go on the ultimate drive. I'm your dream come true, David, because money doesn't matter here at Cars. Yeah, I've got an unlimited source. Here it is. You can pick any vehicle in the world. You can be going and driving with anybody in the world. Even somebody who's deceased, somebody from the past. So if you want to ride with Tesla or Steve Jobs or uh, Albert Einstein, you can take that person and you can be driving anywhere. I have a feeling I already know the vehicle you're going to be in, but you might surprise me. What does the ultimate drive look like for a guy like you, David? The Mall 1.5, a GTRS, and and I would have um, uh, Elon Musk next to me. Uh, yeah. I'd li- Could I sit in the back seat? I'd like to listen to that conversation. I think that would be pretty cool. You know, you have taken me on a very fast, amazing ride today. You invigorate people, my friend, and my hat's off to you for what you're doing about creating jobs and manufacturing here in the USA. We need more of that. Guys like you are making it happen, so my hat's off to you. Before I let you go, could you leave us with maybe some parting words of wisdom and inspiration? Well, I truly believe in doing the best you can and giving it 110% effort. And one of the things that I did is I trademarked, imagine what's possible. Yeah, I love it. Because I believe in this country, the land of opportunity, anybody can achieve anything they want if they apply themselves. And if they're persistent and determined, they will achieve their goal. And I tell people all the time, I'm a living example of imagine what's possible. I was not supposed to be able to succeed in the entertainment industry, and I did. And I intend to fully succeed in this electric vehicle space. And I and I take my hat off to, to Elon Musk for opening the door for me and all the other guys in the space today. Because without Elon Musk, there would not be a David Mystery. There would not be an, uh, a Hendrick Fisker. There would be nobody. So, again, you know, the story is just now started, and we'll see where it goes, and we'll see how it ends. You are off to an awesome beginning. Uh, imagine what is possible. What a way to start 2022 for everybody listening out there today. Uh, you can find everything that we talked about today at MullenUSA.com. I'll put links to that. I'll put links to everything on their social media so you can learn more about this vehicle. You got to go and take a look at this, listeners, because it is killer. I want to do a shout out. Thank you to Douglas Holland today for uh, from Investment uh, Brand Network for bringing David on the show. And also this mystery Jason that we keep hearing about, that's Jason Putnam. He's the VP of Marketing at Mullen. So Jason, thank you for setting this up. David, hey, thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for being so generous with your time. And thank you for sharing an amazing journey you are just taking off on, my friend. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you. If you're listening to this program, there's a pretty good chance you believe what I believe, that the collector vehicles we love are more than just a means of getting from one place to the other. They're a part of our culture, our identity, and as a people, 
they bring us together at vintage races, classic car auctions, and thousand-mile rallies. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these important vehicles aren't lost to time. RPM stands for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship. And their goal is to inspire the next generation of vehicle restoration professionals through its outreach programs. And they include Shop Hop, Off to the Races, the RPM Future Class, and many others. These programs engage talented young people across the country and connect them with mentors and a variety of opportunities in the industry. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of collector vehicles skill trade, visit rpm.foundation today. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.